Accrediting Excellence, the international authority for professional coaching and mentoring, proudly presents both sides of the coin. How do you coach clients who experience stress, anxiety and sleepless nights? In today's podcast, we'll be getting some excellent top tips, which is very apt for the current season that we're in as it means that we can provide coaching excellence to our clients to help them through this difficult time. Welcome to Both Sides of the Coin, a podcast produced by the IATC and M. We're a leading accreditation body and our aim is to increase public confidence and to raise industry standards by enforcing a rigorous accreditation process that ensures the quality of professional coaches and mentors. The podcast is aptly named Both Sides of the Coin because we've talked to both a coach or mentor and one of their clients to explore both sides of the coaching mentoring intervention, what works and what doesn't. As the proverb says, iron sharpens iron. Before we get started, let me introduce myself. I'm Jenny Butter, your host and an accredited senior coach. I've been coaching for eight years, mainly in the area of career transition and life coaching. Joining me today are Dominique Stillman and Nick Shrimpton. Dominique runs Reach New Heights and is a leadership coach and neuroscience practitioner. She offers neurocoaching, which is a science-based coaching approach aimed at building resilience, mental strength, positive mindset and well-being. Dominique's client, Nick, is a director at Sixth Sense Marketing. That's an agency that provides outsource and overflow marketing director-level expertise to professional service businesses. Welcome both of you. Thank you. Dominique, I'm going to start with you and then flip over the coin and speak to Nick. Dominique, tell me about yourself. Yeah, so I've been um, a leadership coach and neuroscience practitioner within my consultancy for the last five years. Um, Previous to that, I worked internally in the leadership development space and I've had uh, a globally strategic role uh, as a leadership development manager. I've worked in multiple industries, uh, online travel, in finance organisations, with digital marketing, and I was a young entrepreneur as well. So from 19 to to around 29, I had my own businesses with a partner. Uh, They were mostly retail, lots of different variety in there as well. I bring all of that into my coaching uh, world and uh, my coaching experience. Why did you decide on newer coaching? So what I noticed, um, especially toward the end of my time when I was working internally as a global leadership development manager, but also when I set up my consultancy, was there was a, a an increased uh, level of overwhelm, anxiety, pace, um, uh, just an increase in the uh, level of work and expectations required of leaders and managers and others in organizations, not just exclusively for them. And I really wanted to be able to provide them with an additional, uh, deeper insight into how they could deal with those scenarios. So I explored that myself. I came across by accident, really, the the neuroscience aspect, and then I took some deep study into that and got certified. So how is neuroscience brought into the coaching that you do? Yeah, so I feel it allows me to get deeper into uh, helping uh, my clients to understand what's happening for them 
with their brains, with the insights that they can learn, with how they are wired to work, sometimes with the automatic habits that they have generated over years. These are mostly triggered by um, experiences that have a high emotional um, reaction to them. Don't have to be um, um, sort of uh, big experiences, very small experiences can create an emotional reaction. And these emotional responses get stored uh, in a person's hippocampus. And then when they are under stress and under pressure, um, these, if someone's really highly stressed, start to kick in. Their learned responses and habits uh, kick in. But sometimes these aren't useful. Sometimes they're not the right ones. So how I apply this is to look at and help them understand how they're reacting and their responses and then help them build new ones or interrupt those so that they can establish new ones and have a greater thinking time, greater clarity time, rather than automated responses that might not be appropriate. I also help them then calm their brains down, um, help them calm the uh, anxiety and level out um, their responses again so they get to a calmer place and can make really good decisions and choices with the challenges they're facing. Stress, anxiety and mental wellness are topics that I'm often asked about and I know it's the same for many other coaches. As an accredited coach who works in this area, what top tips can you give us that will help our clients? There's this piece around the level of uh, listing that we provide our clients um, and the level of questioning that we provide our clients. I'd ask more questions about how people are really reacting to the different situations that they're in. I'd ask more questions around what is generating a fear or threat for them with a certain situation. Uh, because that's what's triggering uh, a stress reaction. Someone has a fear of something or uh, uh, something is being threatened. Um, and our natural instincts is to feel safe, um, safe within groups, safe in regard to our status, uh, safe in regard to things that are important to us. So I'd be inquiring around those, those things. And one of the models that I use uh, that people might find useful or may want to look up would be um, a model by David Rock. It's got five aspects. The SCARF model is a, an acronym. So the first uh, word is status. So that helps people explore their personal worth without the situation. So if anyone starts to feel that they're not being valued for a reason, that could be something that's triggering uh, their sort of anxiety or fears. The second area would be around certainty, a key point at this point in time, because so much is uncertain. Um, and this is where people's choices and decisions are threatened. Often uh, there's a lack of clarity um, uh, and certainty is missing. So this will be something that, that can heighten anxiety and it's a key, as I say, a key one right now. Um, Autonomy, where people have a, a sense of a loss of control or being out of control. We're having restrictions put, in, put on ourselves right now. So it's very pertinent to what's happening uh, in our COVID scenario right now. Um, 
and what's out of control. So being able to identify those things and help people find what they are in control of can be really key to help lessen their senses of um, uh, overwhelm. Uh, relatedness is the R, and that's around how we uh, fit in with social groups. So what are the social groups that could be um, deemed um, at risk by a scenario or situation? Uh, what are the ways that we can help people feel connected um, so that they can interact? Because as humans, that's one of the key elements that we need. We need each other to survive. And therefore, if anything is threatening that sense of relatedness, that will create um, a fear or a sense of threat for people. Um, and the, the last one in the SCARF model is fairness. Uh, so fairness is around things appearing to be fair, um, that um, people are collaborating well, etc. So if any of those items in the SCARF model are when when you look at it with a client, if any of those start to stand out, it really helps you to start focusing your coaching on how you can fix that element or, or ease it for a client. So that's a, a model that I apply. That's so useful. Thanks so much for sharing about the SCARF model. Now, another thing that's often mentioned is lack of sleep, especially amongst people who are feeling stressed. So I'm not an expert in uh, sleep, uh, first of all. So there's lots of people out there that are, but I'm not an absolute expert what I tend to do in the sleep space is I'll inquire into what uh, my client does or doesn't do to prepare themselves for sleep and what they do or don't do when they can't sleep so sometimes people go to sleep and then they wake and other people just can't really get to sleep um, maybe even a combination of both so I do explore that with them and and inquire into, you know, how could they change that? Would be there be what benefits would there be to changing some of those aspects? Um, so very often people are so wired into their um, phones and computers and things that they're actually um, keeping their themselves awake rather than allowing themselves to sleep by that stimulus. Um, I also um, explain to them the importance of sleep. And sleep, um, in terms of having a healthy brain, is the very top item on the list. Uh, so them understanding the, the value and giving it as much value as possible is, is important. Um, brains never stop, but they do need to recharge. Sleeping's when it happens. And they also have a, an almost like a rinse cycle um, that they go through when you're asleep that helps take out toxins, the toxins that are built up through worrying concerns so so helping people understand the value of sleep some people don't value it too much so it's good to to know where they sit sit with that um and then when i hear that people uh when i hear about how people are reacting to waking up in the night that can be interesting too and what they're doing to deal with that um so there'll be tips on how to disrupt thoughts that could be going round and round in their heads. It might be some gentle meditation podcasts or something that they could listen to. I don't encourage people just to stay in bed if they're awake. I actually encourage them just to get up, walk around a little bit. Movement's important for the brain, 
the brain is made to help us move through our lives. It, it moves our muscles for us. So moving can help, excuse me, help stimulate the brain in a different way, help soothe it uh, a little bit more. And then people can go back to, to their beds later, you know, a little bit later on. So not to over worry about not sleeping, but to put lots of things in place that really aid their sleeping and them getting the best sleep they can. Some fabulous top tips there. Thank you. Now, Dominique, you're recently credited through the IAPCNM. How's that benefited you? Well, do you know what? It's been really interesting. For me, um, I'm not sure how well you'll like my analogy, but for me, it's a bit like doing a driver awareness course. You know, just driving badly. I had to go on a driving awareness course. Um, and that really woke me up to what I needed to be reminded of about about driving, having taken my test so many years ago. So with this uh, the accreditation, it woke me up. Um, it woke me up into some of the details. It helped me highlight some habits I'd got into. The um, assessment was really useful, really useful to um, be coached and have immediate feedback on that. And um, it's given me some real clarity on things I want to work on so I can keep being, you know, the best coach I can be and even better and even better. And I'm going to enjoy the check-in that about a continuous CPD as well. It'll, it'll help me to stay on track with that. Um, so all very useful things that help me be the best I can be in, in this really important world of, of coaching. Thanks so much for all of your excellent top tips. Tell me about working with your client, Nick. Nick and I met through uh, a networking forum. Um, he was particularly interested in the neuroscience aspect where I shared some of uh, it and my insights um, at a networking forum. And uh, he asked if he could um, do some coaching with me um, to work with some of the areas that came to his attention as a result of that. Let's flip over the coin now and speak to Nick to hear about neurocoaching from a client's perspective. Nick, tell me about yourself, please. Yes, certainly. Hi there. Um, I'm Nick, Nick Shrimpton. Uh, I am the director of a marketing agency called Sixth Sense Marketing, which I run with my co-director and also my wife, Tracy. We've had it for about five years. Um, and prior to that, uh, I had a career in marketing uh, professional services, law firms in particular. I worked at a law firm in London and two in Guildford. Uh, as I said before, five or six years ago, deciding to set up our own marketing agency and uh, take a little bit, con a little bit more control of our working lives as our two daughters got older and have become more independent. So, why did you want coaching? That's a good question. I've I've always believed in coaching and improvement throughout my life and career, really. Um, I've also been somebody who has always suffered with sort of hyper-anxiety at the point of key delivery. So if you like, when I've had to stand up and give a keynote presentation or lead a big meeting, um, I've always had that degree of anxiety right up to the 11th hour and 59th minute. And there's always been this huge frustration that after the event or after the presentation or after the meeting, I settle down again and say, well, do you know what? If I could do that again, it would be absolutely fine. 
So why can't it be like that the first time round? And I've always looked to sort of nip that in the bud, really. Please tell me more about that. Yeah, certainly. I think um, in relation to it, as Dominique said, we we belong to the same networking group. And over time, you get to know people and understand about their work and their expertise. And when she, she shared with us about the neuroscience and neurocoaching and the ability to train and rewire the brain to respond differently to uh, difficult situations, I was sitting around the table thinking, if that could happen to me, if I could learn that, that could make a real difference to my working life and actually make me enjoy my working life a lot more than it it has been the case. Um, And so it was just a case of me, I think, wanting to bide my time before I reached out and said, I'd like you to see if you can help me, Dominique. And we kind of went from there. So what was your experience? The experience has been both positive and enjoyable. Um, I've learned from sort of previous coaching and working with others prior that counsellors and coaches, they don't fix the problems for you. So I was always aware that it wasn't a case of going along to see Dominique. I'd sit there and she would fix the problems. It was always a case that she would shine the light, provide the insight for me and give me the the tools that I needed to begin to fix some of the issues that I had myself. And so from that point of view, the experience um, has been rewarding and most importantly it is ongoing it isn't it's not like sticking a plaster over a wound and the bleeding stops it's something that you have to you have to learn you have to reinforce and Dominic will be chuckling now because she knows how difficult it is for me to do the positive reinforcement Um, and that's why the work we're doing I think is going to to continue because the learning is one thing um, the understanding is another, but the real the real benefit is in is in the reinforcement and the the telling yourself that you're doing the right thing. Yeah, lots of people I know suffer from that performance anxiety before having to speak up at a meeting or give a presentation or run a training session. What key takeaway can you leave with other coaches who coach around this area from a client's perspective? Yeah, I think there are a couple of things which sort of spring to mind. Um, one is that actually. Sometimes the hardest thing is to reach out in the first place. And so having having done that, um, you then find that you build a rapport with the coach you're working with. And one of the things I would implore of both the person being coached and the coach themselves is that sometimes you need some tough love. But the hard thing is reaching out in the first instance Sometimes you need to sort of have a bit of a slap on the wrist about saying, come on, you reached out. Let's let's see this through. So I don't think the coach should be afraid of dishing out some tough love. And I don't think the person being coached should be too sensitive about receiving it. The other thing as well that I think is is really, really key is that within the neuro coaching, we we followed a structure um, and it's been massively helpful to me. For Dominique to do at the beginning of every session a recap on the last one because I see her I listen to her everything's great but then I go away back into my own business 
and I tend to forget. Um, and then I think, oh, I'm seeing her again the day after tomorrow. I must recap. So she's excellent at doing a recap, a reset and a kick on. And I think that that's the advice that I would give to, to coaches is don't assume that the people that you're coaching have got um, a memory for everything that you've told them. And I have to say, Dominique has been absolutely superb at providing that sort of yesterday, today and tomorrow context within the work we've been doing. That's such great advice for all coaches. Thank you so much, Nick, and thank you so much, Dominique. And if you're interested in finding out more about the neuro coaching that Dominique offers, then go to reachnewheights.co.uk. We're confident that anybody who attains an international authority for professional coaching and mentoring accreditation will be among the very best that the profession has to offer. So if you're someone who's interested in having some coaching and mentoring and want to find an accredited coach, mentor or training provider, or if you're a professional who's interested in becoming accredited, then please go to our website, coach-accreditation.services. And finally, if there's a topic that you would like me to cover on future episodes of Both Sides of the Coin, then I would love to hear from you. My email, jenny.podcast at coach-accreditation.services. Bye for now.